New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. I'm Lisa Davis. My wonderful co-host Andrea is off today. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Podcast. Now I like to share personal experiences, which I'm sure you know if you listen to the show. And today we're going to be talking about how to overcome your struggles with food. And I've talked a little bit about mine. I was raised by a mother who used to, you know, drag me to the health food store in the 1970s where everything smelled like cardboard and carob and she was so strict about food that I would buy tons of Girl Scout cookies and candy and hide food. And it, it really, you know, for me still, I, I have a hard time with sweets. When I buy cookies, even the ones with only five ingredients, you know, my husband can make the box last a week. I, it's gone. And so I really struggle with this. So I am so thrilled to have the fantastic Joan Gregerson on the program. She's an author, holistic health coach, blogger, and inspirational speaker. I'm hoping she can help me and you. Hello, Joan. <laughs> Hello, Lisa. <laughs> so happy you know, Joan, to be I'm, with you. And yes, you're, oh, you're so, so right. Cardboard and carob. That's exactly right. What. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it captured so concisely. That was great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, we, we've come a long way. Uh, but I think that kind of sets you up, right? If you're, you know, you go so over the top to try to be healthy that you end up sneaking food. Or, and I remember my mom used to hide food in her closet. I remember one time. She found out she used to have, I don't know if you know what space food sticks are, but they're delicious. They're kind of like long Tootsie Roll type things. And uh, I apparently they weren't on the East Coast because my husband never heard of them. They close very short. I snuck in her closet and got them. Well, I was like the angel of the family. So she blamed my brother and I let him take the blame. And I've still, I've apologized, but I still feel guilty because I was ashamed and embarrassed. How do things like this uh, and do they relate, I'm guessing, to food issues and struggles with food? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, and space food sticks. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you remember like, those? Yes. And I, I mean, they, they're so good. It was things like that and Tang that were marketed mm. as this is what the astronauts are surviving on. So it must be Oh, yeah. Be good. It was cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For everyone else. I'm dating myself here, but that's okay. I'm a 70s kid and I'm okay with that. All right. So <laughs> yeah. talk to us about this in general, what you see with food struggles. Well, my my thinking on um, on struggles with food is I think a lot of this, what has happened is that we have this focus on what to eat and everyone starts there. But really, we should be backing up there's two other levels. There's how we eat and there's why we eat. Mm-hmm. So what I like to help people with is to start with why we eat. And it's just, it's so odd to me that, uh, especially in our current culture in America, the why that we eat is so rarely related to any of these bigger questions. So if I asked you, Lisa, why why do we eat? Why do humans eat? What are some ideas, if you want to do this? Of course. <laughs> what of what course. comes to mind? Oh, well, you survive, fuel, energy, necessity, living, right. comfort, joy, celebration, all of those things, and right. more, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, the the... Some of those whys get mixed up with others. 
<laughs> like the celebrate compared to the nourish, yes. I think that's probably, I remember reading uh, one of the Little House on the Prairie books, and they said that for Christmas, they got a, one stick of candy, and then they had a, a enough flour to make one loaf of bread that wasn't the heavy, heavy bread they were used to. And, you know, that was probably their annual <laughs> sugar intake, <laughs> their celebration. Um, but the fact that we have come so far from from that. And so then the, the other, so I think a big reason um, is to nourish our bodies. Um, there are those other things that come in as well. And the other thing that you said there was living. So, yes. you know, those exercises where you say, okay, why? And then why again and why and try and go deeper and deeper so why are we living so what mm, oh that's interesting what's the purpose what? i mean if if we didn't eat we'd die okay right so what so why why is living important and why is your life important and and so that's what i like to help people with is you know the the actual thing that you're going to end up eating that's that should be the result of this process of knowing why you're eating which it starts with well why are you alive so what's your purpose and i loved i love Mastin kip so i heard your um your interview oh yes with him and and I also um, heard your interview with um, Dr. Holly Lucille talking about detox, retox. And, and I think, you know, what I like to do is just kind of whip all those things together of how can you make your eating um, bolster your purpose? And, and and then you know so that's so that's one of the big whys is why are you alive? What's your purpose? And how can your eating come into alignment with that? So you know it can be everything from the energy that you have, the the you know your your vitality, your lack of regret or guilt or <laughs> you know and and whether that's that you're gonna eat this thing or you're not going to eat this thing, but, you know, just to be able to live passionately and also to be able to support the things that you want in the world. So, you know, this idea that every, with every bite you're creating some world of the future. So what world do you want? And, you know, if you drive through, get fast food, eat it while you're driving, that's going to be a different world that you're creating compared to, I don't know, maybe sprouting some seeds on your kitchen counter and being amazed. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so your, your impact is, is you know, that we're connected to everyone and everything. So, so starting with the why and then going to the how and then to the what. So the what should kind of fall out. And, and I think that's... I love this. I just yeah, have to say that I've never heard it described this way. And it, I think it makes it easier for people. And and I think the other thing, so as um, I study to be uh, a holistic health coach with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and 
in one of one of their main principles is this bio-individuality. And, mm. you know, I had heard about that before, but when I heard that word, I suddenly realized, because I could never figure out, like, how can there be hundreds of diet books coming out every year? And somebody swears this is the answer. And the, yes. the, it's, that's the answer for one person. Or that's the answer for some group of people. So then it just means that you as an individual have to figure out, take the responsibility, figure out of all these different millions of ideas out there, which one applies to you and you're the only one that can do it. So it it makes it both simpler and like, oh, darn, I have to figure this out. (laughs) That's right. And you do. And it's funny because for my husband and I, like, you know, I, I do better on a paleo, which is, you know, high vegetable, some grass-fed meats, uh, healthy fats, things like that. And he does great with, you know, lots of whole grains and also, you know, lots of vegetables. And it's different. Like, if I ate his diet, I'd be asleep right now. I mean, <laughs> as fabulous as you are, like, whole grains just put me to sleep. So I'm better off, you know, having, <laughs> although I do like my beans. I don't take my legumes away. So I'm not right. like a strict Yeah, paleo. I'm with you there. But that kind of thing, right, works better for me. Um, but I think across the board, we could say we all need to eat more vegetables, right? I mean, that's sort of a given. Yes. But then I think other than that, you kind of have to play around with it and see how what makes you feel best. Exactly. I know, and even, you know, even FODMAPs or nightshades or, you know, there's different people that do seem to have different troubles with with raw vegetables and need them cooked or or something. But but I think that, yeah, and that's interesting. How did you guys figure that out, Lisa, and your Well, you know, it's interesting. I started... Uh, I started having food sensitivities in my mid-20s, and my mother had had a lot of food sensitivities, and I noticed the first one was corn, and then it wasn't really wheat. It's not a gluten thing. It was just like any refined, uh, whether it's rice flour or corn flour or wheat flour or millet flour, it is such a bummer. It just makes me sleepy. And for years, I lived on brown rice and beans and salsa and guac and big salads, and then the brown rice started making me feel kind of foggy-headed. So I started taking grains out and just having things like yams and maybe a little bit of potato here and there. And I was like, wow, I I can think clearly. I feel better. My skin looked better. And that's how it was for me. Whereas my husband, he could do the paleo and feel great. Or he can do the heavy whole grains and feel great. I think my system is more sensitive. And, you know, so far my daughter is able to do everything. And I'm praying it stays that way because it's it's hard having food sensitivities and having to be like, what's in this? Oh, I can't have that. If I eat that, I'm going to have a food hangover. What am I doing tomorrow? Can I afford to be tired? I mean, it's exhausting. (laughs) It is. It is exhausting. And and I think, but I think at least you know you know that you're the one that's got to figure it out. And it's it's kind of like when you, you know, want to change someone else's habits. It's pretty hard. <laughs> you oh can nag, God. you can do whatever. But when you realize, <laughs> oh, wait, I could just change my own habits, it's, it's that kind of thing that it's hard because you you realize that you, at the end of the day, you have to do it. But at the same time, you have this magnificent feedback device that that is giving us information all the time of like you said you know whether it's foggy 
you know, kind of foggy thinking or if it's an ache or uh, more anxiety or something else that your body is just continually reporting, reporting, reporting. And if we just knew, gosh, you know, just I think that's neat that you're, you're saying your daughter can do it for now. And if every kid got the message, hey, guys, you know, this is the kind of food I'm going to put out here, but you should really be listening to your body and, you know, let me know, do you want more of this or less of this? Or, uh, you know, rather than condemning a picky eater, to, you know, I think that we could use a little bit more picky eating <laughs> if it was based on <laughs> how do I, not how does it taste, but what does this do to my body and my brain and my, you know, ability to, to serve and to thrive? Um, that would be a lovely world. <laughs> that is so interesting because usually that's a thing that parents complain about, right? My child's a picky eater. And I think sometimes it's tough. You know, I, I you know, my daughter's on the autism spectrum, so I, I'm in groups where I'll talk to other parents and Luckily, my, I'm lucky. She'll try anything. I mean, anything. And but wow, a lot of kids great. who are on the spectrum, they're only going to eat like white foods or white bread and macaroni and cheese. And then you're going to have to be like, okay, this, is, this isn't working. Like, how do we introduce more foods? And I think that's a different thing. But it can be complicated when your child does get super narrow and isn't willing to try different things, regard, you know, whether it's a neurological issue or there are some other things going on. Sometimes there's sensory issues that yeah. parents aren't aware of. Very interesting. It could be complicated. Right. Because I, I think it's hard with all kids. So yeah. so layering layering on other sensitivities and other kind of sensing mm-hmm. must make it really complicated. But I wonder too, you know, if if the if the question could be how does it make you feel? Ah. It might help because I, I think we've just lost that thing. <laughs> like, you know, we just are just pushing the food and saying you've got to eat it and whatever. But instead of, you know, well, how are you feeling? And what, what, what do you think would make you feel better? Like, this, I thought, thought this was amazing. My sister volunteers at the zoo and she was telling me about the food that they are giving. Um, I guess it was in the primates. And she was saying they get other kinds of bananas for them, and they it's because the ones we have now are too high sugar, and they give them all organic. And and I just thought, so that's how we feed our animals. That's good. <laughs> how, how do we feed our ourselves and our our kids, and you know, in the schools, and um, but that thing of of really valuing that we have a body and that it needs nourishment and figuring out how to listen to that um, is a big... And that is important. We do need to learn how to... How do you learn how to listen to that? I mean, is it what I talked about, about how you're feeling, and you've mentioned that as well, and are there other components to that? Yeah, and... Well, one of the things, so I I offer um, a multi-month program called Food Freedom Naturally, um, and mm. one of the pieces that we do in there 
I decided to just start offering that as a separate little piece that people could dive into, and it's called Fast on the First, because this seemed to be the part that people, you know, there's there's a lot to kind of manage to get a hold of your eating, but this idea that I encourage people to try, and your listeners could try this, um, is just take the first of the calendar month. And take that one day to do uh, some kind of fast. Because your question was, you know, how do you really get in tune with, Yeah. you know, how do you know? And for me personally, I'm not the kind of, I've, I've done those kind of uh, programs and things where you have to write everything down and weigh and measure and, I, yeah. you know, that's, educational <laughs> and I, I think it was a good experience but kind of like you were saying earlier it's exhausting and and so that's why I named my program food freedom naturally is because I want people to feel free that they're automatically choosing something that supports their them fulfilling their purpose and that you know if they're so maniacally crazy that they can't, you know, nobody wants to even be around them. <laughs> That's not going to work. That so, is true. <laughs> so, yeah, so this idea where you take the first of the month and you just do a fast on the first of every month. And um, I have a training that I um, have on, on my website, so you can go to fast on the first or you can find it from positiveenergyworks.com either way. And I have a, a little webinar, and if you do the webinar, you'll get a cheat sheet instantly. And the idea is you just take one day a month for this spiritual and physical renewal. And the reason I recommend doing a juice cleanse is because you, I think when people think fasting, they think that it's, you know, I don't know, how would you say that? Just like some kind of dire, terrible yes. <laughs> self-flagellation <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> but um, but what I like to think about is, I do you ever, Lisa, do you ever go camping? I haven't in years, but I have uh, many years ago, and I enjoy it quite a bit. And so why why do you go, why do people go camping? Because you have a perfectly good bed at home. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, for fun, to be somewhere different, to commune with nature, to connect to something outside of your everyday environment, to be hungry, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know. Is that is that why? I don't, yeah. I'm well, I this in that's, my mind to the fasting. Like maybe you're going to be hungry. Well, it's 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 kind of funny, and that's it's the same idea that when you go a day without your normal food, and instead you just flood your body with nutrients of you just do six juices a day and, or, you know, I mean, you can change it, but that's just, if somebody's looking for, how would I do this? Start with some lemon water and after a half hour do, uh, you know, you want to do green juices and by green that's in quotes. So maybe about 80% vegetable and 20% fruit. So it could be kale and uh, apple and cucumber parsley, ginger, lemon, something like that, um, or maybe carrot, ginger, celery, something. 
Um, but the, the thing is, you know, when you camp, you, you're out there, you're under the stars, and it's kind of interesting because it's really hard to describe that feeling. You just yeah, feel great. You just feel at home in the universe. You feel very small. You feel very big. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's what you can do with, with doing a monthly fast is you can, it's almost like you're stepping back and watching yourself. I mean, I have this, like on the day that I'm doing the fast, I'll, I'll be working, I step up from the computer, and I'm watching myself walk out to the kitchen and opening cupboards, and it's like, you're not even hungry, are you? You're no. just, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's me with the dark chocolate chips today. I, I have to, I, and I've told the story. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh gosh, here she goes again." I have to put them in a bag and then have my husband take them to work because they're just so good. And I just, I'm no, I'm not hungry. I just want that that um, immediate, uh, not gratification, I guess, or that distraction, right, or whatever we would call it. Yeah, and it's. I mean, these things are complicated, you know of of is it our biological drive to go for carbs and sugar because most of human history, those were so rare, or is it because my mom, you know, whatever, gave me this, didn't give yes. me this? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah didn't give me this. <laughs> <laughs> right, you had yeah. to settle for the uh, space the in the closet. <laughs> um, but... But the thing is, a lot of it, it's very complicated to to analyze just on a purely, you know, rational basis to to go through kind of logically figure out what's going on. But if you can take this day of fasting and do it like, hey, guys, let's go camping. <laughs> hey, I'm going to fast. You know that it's, it's pushing you a little bit toward the edge. Of course, you know, you're not going to. You're not going to starve to death in one day, just like you're probably not going to freeze to death when you go camping. And also like sure. camping, if it is, you know, horrendous rains and whatever, then you just pack up and you go home. And it's the same with the fast as if you're going through the day and then, you know, you're suddenly, you're just not feeling well and you have to go to do something else and you just, you know, you, you start with small things like, well, let me have some water or rest for a few minutes. Um, or see if there's like, is there some emotional thing that I'm, you know, that's that's ruling the day right at this moment? Um, could I call someone? And if if none of that works, then well, let me try an avocado or handful of nuts or oh, forget it. Let me try next month. <laughs> but you know, it can be a skill that you you can learn over time. And the the other thing I think is so exciting about this is I've Twice I've gained 30 pounds and then lost it. Um, and when you do that, you you kind of, before I figured out this, this fasting thing and some of the other methods that I teach, I just always felt like the other shoe was ready to drop. You know, that who knows when I could suddenly wake up 30 pounds overweight again and not be able to bring it back. Um, and it's, it's a scary thing, but if when you have something like, you know what, I can one day a month do this fast 
and then it, it resets. It resets your taste buds. It resets your habits. It, you know, when the day before you thought, well, it's pretty healthy. It's a piece of pizza from Whole Foods. Um, <laughs> then, then on your fasting day, after you've done all juice, then you kind of look at that pizza like, uh, I don't know if that's really, you know, that's that's pretty far from where I want to be. But, you know, by the end of the month, maybe you're at it again. So it just gives you a way to to build your confidence that for the remainder of your life, you're going to have this way that you're never going to have to worry about just spiraling completely out of control. Joan, I, I cannot believe that the time has flown by. I want to have you back because there's still so much to talk about. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Tell us all the ways we can find you online. Terrific. Thank you. Oh, yes. I'm so glad, and I would I would love to come back. Um, so my website is called Positive Energy Works, and uh, I also have the fastonthefirst.com, so you can go to either of those. And I wanted to tell you, Lisa, that I set up a coupon for your nice. listeners, and it's Savvy17. So during 2017, they can use that. So it's S-A-V-V-Y 17. And uh, they'll be able to do, so you can, anybody can get on and do the free training on the Fast on the First. I have that on my website. But if you want to do the guided program with me that I do once a month, then you can just go ahead and do, enter that coupon and you can do the guided version with me for free one time. Just so you'll, you know, have some support. Oh, that is fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Joan, you are such a gem. This has been so much fun. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank our fantastic sponsor this month, Bigelow Tea. They have a new line called Benefits, and it's got turmeric and matcha and echinacea and all kinds of great stuff. I love Cindy Bigelow, family-owned company for many, many years. They are just such big supporters of Naturally Savvy. If you want to learn more, you can check us out, naturallysavvy.com, radiomd.com. Follow us at Naturally Savvy, at Health Media Gal on Twitter. And be sure to rate and review our podcast and subscribe on iTunes. It makes a big difference. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and stay well.